This podcast is sponsored by Wakunaga of America, makers of Kyolic Age Garlic Extract, Kyodophilus Probiotics, and Kyo Green Powdered Green Drain Mix, all natural, healthy solutions to support your whole body well-being. Wakunaga is celebrating their 50th anniversary this year. Wow, 50 years providing quality supplements backed by science. You can enter to win a year's supply of your favorite Wakunaga brand by heading over to their website, Wakunaga and enter the 50th anniversary celebration sweepstakes. That's W-A-K-U-N-A-G-A dot com. Good luck. Hi, I'm Andrea Donsky, founder of NaturallySavvy.com and co-host of our Naturally Savvy podcast. And I am Lisa Davis, MPH health educator, co-host of Naturally Savvy and author of the book, Clean Eating Dirty Sex Memoir Cookbook Healthy Lifestyle Guide. At Naturally Savvy, we are here to help you make healthier lifestyle choices. So we are so honored that you are tuning in to listen to our podcast on a weekly basis. And we are here to engage you, have fun, and help you live your healthiest lifestyle. Now, on to the show. Naturally Savvy Podcast is sponsored by Morphous for Menopause. You've probably heard me talk about my own experiences with yoga, so I won't bore you. I'll just make it brief. I had scoliosis growing up, and my mother realized it was too late for me to have the back brace excuse me, back brace work, which uh, of course I was thrilled about until my mother said, you have to do yoga. Well, I'm 14. It's in the eighties. I don't, I don't know anything about yoga. And we go to a very well-known yoga guru, I would say, uh, Ramanan Patel. When I tell people, they're like, wow, you saw Ramanan Patel? I was 14. I didn't know. I just know the house smelled good and it was nice and peaceful and there wasn't a bunch of fighting like at my house. So the experience of being there was nice, but the actual exercises, I found them incredibly painful. It really hurt. I didn't understand the philosophy. And it was like a chore. So my mother would say, you're not going out till you do your yoga. So it became this thing that I really didn't like. And then in college, I thought, okay, I'll try again. Still didn't like it. Then when I was pregnant, I don't know what happened. I did yoga every single day. Something clicked in me that made me say, let's try yoga again. So the reason I'm telling you all this is because I have the amazing Mandy Ingber on the program. We're going to be talking about her book, Yoga Philosophy for Inner Strength, 12 Weeks to Heal Your Heart and Embrace Joy and More. Mandy Ingber, the New York Times bestselling author of Yoga Philosophy: 28 Days to the Ultimate Mind-Body Makeover, and Yoga Philosophy for Inner Strength, 12 Weeks to Heal Your Heart and Embrace Joy, which we're talking about today. She's also the creator of the Yoga Hybrid DVD Yoga Philosophy. As a celebrity fitness and wellness expert, her 25 years of teaching experience have attracted such clients as Jennifer Aniston, Kate Beckinsale, Helen Hunt, Ricky Lake, Jennifer Lawrence, Jennifer Meyer, and Brooke Shields. Mandy's class has been awarded Best of LA in Daily Candy, LA Weekly, and Los Angeles Magazine. Mandy is a keynote speaker and an event headliner for such events as People Magazine's A-List Workout, Self Magazine's Workout in the Park, and more. She has been a spokesperson for companies such as Silk Soy Milk, and a contributing fitness and wellness advisor on multiple platforms, including Health, Pop Sugar, Self Magazine, Shape, USA Today, Women's Health, and Yahoo. Mandy was a fitness blogger for E! Online and www.people.com and is featured regularly in the following publications, L, Glamour, Harper's Bazaar, In Style, 
Los Angeles Magazine, O, The Oprah Magazine, People, Self, U.S. Weekly, Vanity Fair, Vogue, and more. Television appearances include Access Hollywood, E! News, Fox Extra, Good Day LA, Good Morning America, The Chelsea Lately Show, and The Today Show, among others. Mandy is also on the advisory committee for the Cancer Prevention Clinic at the Marjorie Peterson Breast Cancer at Providence St. John's Health Center. Prior to her career in fitness... Mandy performed on Broadway in the original company of Brighton Beach Memoirs, played Annie Tortelli on the all-time favorite series, Cheers, and is forever remembered for her famous rap in the cult classic Teen Witch. Mandy teaches workshops at the Omega Institute for Holistic Studies and at Independent Yoga Studios. She is an astrologer and is currently offering private counsel through readings and consultations online, as well as group astrology classes. Her mission statement is, quote, integrate all facets of myself in order to inspire self-love, unquote. Follow her on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You can find her books wherever books are sold, and her digital downloadable yoga workout is available through the link in her Instagram bio. Mandy, welcome. Great to have you on. Thank you so much for having me, Lisa. I'm very excited to be here. You know, when I was thinking about my yoga story, I was thinking about in the book how when you were talking about it, you basically said that you have sort of a hate for yoga as well. And I thought that's so interesting. I need to learn more. And I love how open and candid you are. Talk to us about this and and, and this sort of tug of war with it because of what was going on with your family. Yeah. So, uh, it's funny because I, I often share my stories to help other people and I forget how much I reveal about myself when I'm doing that. So um, just to let your audience know, um, uh, I grew up, you know, I was growing up in the 70s in Los Angeles and, and my father um, found yoga and brought it into our family um, when I was about seven or so. When I was about 15, he ended up uh, leaving my mother for his yoga buddy, right? Mm. Like it was sort of the, the, um, cause of the breakup of my family. And, and also, um, yoga was always my father's primary focus, um, as was his body and his health and wellness. So I also saw the yoga itself as something that in a way was taking my father away from me. Um, So I learned to practice yoga alongside him, sort of assume the position um, for several reasons. Um, One was to get his attention. Um, So as I say, sometimes the reason that you start something isn't always the healthiest reason. Yoga was so much about trying to understand my father, to get his attention, and, um, and then it became my own practice. But But yeah, it felt like it was the thing that was tearing my family apart. To grow up and to become a yoga instructor was not in my plan. It's almost like a preacher's daughter, you know, than becoming a preacher. Um, But it it was also the source of of my own heartbreak. And uh, part of what I talk about in this book is that sometimes that the the antidote is in the poison, you know, and and that's actually the nature of homeopathy, right, which is that we... um, we poison ourselves a little bit um, to become immune. And so that um, that's what happened with me. You know, it's, it's like I got the whole thing. I got the whole seed in my childhood. Yeah. You know, it's funny you say that about your father because sometimes with my husband, like he's super into yoga. He does it six days a week. And sometimes I'm like, can you just miss a morning and we can just, you know, our daughter will go to school and we can just, you know, do something else. <laughs> and he's like, 
we'll see, we'll find time for that, but I'm going to yoga. And it's funny because my dad had a lot of hobbies too. And I used to be annoyed because my dad was a marathon runner, but he was also president of the school board. And he was also a, an actor in theater, even though he had an ophthalmology practice. So yeah. he was Mr. Hobby. And I'm like, interesting. Let's, that's a whole other show. Hmm. Did I marry yeah. my dad? You know, it's like, yeah, yeah, right. I, yeah. When you're saying, as you're saying that, I'm kind of comparing all of my, uh, my former relationships with that as well. But yeah. Um, yeah. So, so for me, like being the child of, um, uh, watching somebody do that, you know, it really did impress me. Um, and, and, and I think that that's why I have my, my practices that work for me. Um, but I am also less, uh, I don't know. I was, I was going to say I'm less rigid. I don't know how rigid he really was. I think he just was doing his practices and I picked up on that. Uh, it worked for me too. You know? Yeah, and your mom had to do a lot of work. You went macrobiotic, and I love how you see that's a lot more than just like these, you know, going vegan or something. Talk to us a little bit about that for people. You know, I was a kid in the seventies, so I remember my my parents dabbled in that just a little bit. My mom was a health food nut, but never to the extent. So, talk to us about that. Yeah, so so uh, it started. You know, it started off with. Um, so my father, what I say is my father is the rebel son of Orthodox Jews. So, oh, wow. so, so my mother kept kosher, you know, until we became macrobiotic. And that also is a, is, is restrictive uh, because you have to have two separate, you know, you have to have uh, plates for milk and plates for meat. So when we became macrobiotic, my mom said, you know, we don't eat milk or meat anymore. So can we get rid of the two sets of dishes? You know, so she was always on some program that my father had her on. Um, but yeah, so so it started off with my father actually had some health issues. Um, he, he had some slip discs and he was um, sort of on his back for, you know, like a month at a time, several times. And, um, one of his gym buddies, because my dad too was like, um, he was, he was, a, an amateur competitive cyclist. He, um, he worked out with weights. He, you know, he did all the things. Um, and his, a, a gym buddy of his, uh, re, uh, sort of, suggested that he might try uh, the macrobiotic diet, that it was good for a lot of different things. And so um, my father went from basically being a vegetarian and raw foodist to then um, finding macrobiotics. And that was very, you know, macrobiotics is definitely more than just a diet. It's, it's the principles of uh, yang and yin. Um, and it's about balance um, and uh, using food as medicine. And so my mother, um, my, my, my parents actually, um, hired a, a macrobiotic chef, a woman, Cecil Levin, who at the time was like one of the only macrobiotic chefs, uh, around. Um, and they went to the Cushy Institute, which was in, uh, Boston and my father was diagnosed, uh, you know, my father got diagnosed because they use like physiognomy, which is basically the study of the face and even the eyes, iridology. So you can look at somebody's face, um, and see what's going on with them, what conditions they might have. And then, um, there are ways to cook for different conditions. So my mother, you know, my father was an attorney. He didn't have time to do all of this, although he did during his practice, he was you know, making the brown rice in the pressure cooker. He was milling his own grains in the, in the laundry room. I mean, there was like a whole system going on in my house. And, um, 
anyway, when we, when, um, when we were kids, my mother would basically have to diagnose the, 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 the cook of the house, whoever's responsible for the cooking is the one that's responsible for the health of the household. And so you kind of look at people and see what they need. And, um, so my mother was confined to the kitchen, um, making all sorts of macrobiotic meals pretty much all day long. I don't think since my parents divorced, I don't think my mother has ever cooked again, to be honest. I wouldn't, I don't blame her. She really, it's like she has amnesia of that time. And so, um, but I was raised with that. And, um, and so, yeah, she was, she was there stationed in the kitchen. Um, fortunately she had a great sense of humor and she was really fun. Um, but I learned a lot just by watching again. And, and, um, I read all the books as well. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of some of the, some of the sort of, uh, foremost books. Anyway, uh, Misho Kushi and Giorgio Sawa were the, were the sort of the, the originators. I don't know that of course. <laughs> bringing the macrobiotic diet more mainstream. And so that's what we did. I mean, we, we, uh, learned a lot about health and diet in my household, uh, when I was a child. However, for me, um, being such an obedient, uh, person who can really take things to extremes, um, I ended up uh, developing an eating disorder as a result of that because I just kept cutting foods out. I was like, okay, well, if it's, it, you know, like if I, if, if cutting out foods, cause basically it's based on the principles of balance and al- it, basically it's an alkaline diet, brown rice, short grain, brown rice being sort of the most balanced food according to the macrobiotic diet. And then it sort of goes out from there. Uh, meat being the most young, red meat being the most young and, uh, drugs and alcohol being the most yin. You just keep trying to cut out the most extreme foods so that you're in a more balanced state. Um, anyway, I just kept cutting out foods. Wow. How old were you when that started? Um, I was nine when we became macrobiotic. Um, and I do tell the story in the book about like the first time that my mother brought us to the grocery store and showed us the, the aisle where we were allowed to shop from. And my brother and I both burst into tears. <laughs> so, you know, um, it was like, Oh no, what about fruit roll? And you know, Captain Crunch. And you know, and that was over. Um, so um, yeah, so I was nine and I, uh, we were not, we, you know, my parents didn't force us to eat that way. But for me, once I opened up that can of worms, you know, it's kind of like, wow, once I see, once I see this, I can't unsee it. Um, I actually thought I would never, ever be able to eat any foods that, you know, like I thought I will never be able to eat sugar again. I will never, you know, once you see, but, but I, but the truth is I have been able to, you know, um, as I've gotten older anyway, that was when I was nine. And then by the time I was 11, I was, I was like full blown anorexic. And, oh my gosh. Yeah. So I struggled with that, you know, into my, uh, early twenties. I, and I still have residual, you know, I, I don't have an eating disorder that that's probably my main accomplishment of my life is, is evolving out of my eating disorder. Um, my first book is more about that. First book, uh, which is called Yoga Philosophy: Twenty Eight Days to the Ultimate Mind Body Makeover, is really about sort of like this journey about loving your body as is. Like that, that actually is the journey. And once you regulate that and start to accept yourself as you are, and really like really treat diet and exercise as like ways to celebrate your body, your body really does just fall into place. That happened for me. This book is more about, um, you know 
this is more about moving through grief, heartbreak, transitional periods of our lives, uh, which obviously we're in right now. I, I, you know, that's why when I was reviewing it this morning, I was like, wow, this, this is a book I need right now Um, because it's really about how do we take, you know, there's obviously a set point when it comes to mindset and happiness and, you know, depression and, you know, grief and all of these feelings that, and emotions that we have, but there is also, um, a margin. I think it's a 40% margin according to, you know, science or whatever, where we have, um, we actually do have some, some control over like what we, um, how we, the actions that we take and how that can uplift us. And this book really is about that. Um, so yeah, I don't know if I answered yeah. that. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it's such a good book. Again, Yoga Philosophy for Inner Strength, 12 Weeks to Heal Your Heart and Embrace Joy. So Mandy, you write in your wonderful book uh, that heart, quote, heartbreak is a universal experience and no one has a luxury of avoiding it, including my clients who are well known for their successful careers and their runway worthy bodies. And you go on to say, quote, my client and friend, Jennifer Aniston, had one of the most famous and scrutinizing breakups on the planet. She credits our work with helping her get through it and discovering that, and this is italicized, act her way into correct thinking. What does that mean exactly? Right. Um, yeah, well, you know, that uh, that particular, so that's very true. You know, it's like we all, we're all on equal playing ground when it comes to our emotions. Yes. Um, you know, that you. I mean, you can't buy your way out of these kinds of tragedies that we all have and just life on life's terms, you know. So th- that's stuff that everyone encounters. And in that particular incident, um, you know, what I, what I will say is that, so acting your way in correct, to correct thinking, what I mean by that is, moving, taking action. You know, sometimes, um, we, uh, we try to sit and think our way out of our thoughts, you know, but the truth is that if you do something like take a walk or go to a yoga class or make yourself a cup of tea or kind of move your energy, I mean, that's really what I mean by that statement. Um, in that particular case, um, you know, I, I'm remembering, uh, just this moment when, it was like, you know, like the, the pain was there and I just was like, let's just move. Let's just, you know, let's, let's do some yoga, you know, <laughs> and yeah. just lock into me and let's just move it. And, and, you know, a lot of the times when you start, and I'm sure many, many people who are listening right now have had this experience. Um, when you begin your workout, whatever that is, you might feel one way. And then by the end, a lot of things just clear out and, um, I've even solved, resolved a lot of problems just doing my, whatever my activity is, whether it's on the spinning bike or taking a hike or, um, going to a yoga class or whatever. So that's really what I mean by that. I could have really used this book after my mom passed. Um, and then six months later, my grandfather passed and, this was in my twenties and it was rough. You know, I kind of, I, I felt like I had this expression, like I was walking through yogurt, like every step, it just wasn't very thick yogurt, I should say. Yeah. I, I understand that. I, I, my first, um, my first heartbreak, I, I talk about it, that my real first heartbreak was my sort of childhood and my, you know, the divorce Right. Uh, and that watching my mother go through her, um, grieving process of this, you know, the only thing she ever knew, my mom went straight from living with her parents to like living with my dad and then starting a family. So, you know, when it happened to her, she was 36, I think, or 35. And her whole, like, she didn't, 
it's like she didn't know anything else or what she was going to like do with her life. And she just, and also just like mourning the whole dream, I guess, of what, you know, what you thought your life was going to be. And I, I think witnessing her go through that was a gift that she gave to me too. Um, and that that's maybe also where I learned how to um, witness others going through their pain um, and grief while I, while I went through my own. Um, and then also, you know, I had to take care of myself too, in a way at that time, because, you know, my mom was in grief. And so how, as a child, you know, do you, uh, find the ways out, you know, like, like out of the, you know, the personal devastation, you know? And, and so I, I think I threw myself into action, you know, which again, it may not have been the healthiest at that time, but it was, it was, uh, correct. Um, you know, I talk about that in my book, you know, we act our way into correct thinking, you know, oftentimes, um, if we wait for the motivation to do things, you know, that doesn't come. But, but if you start just moving through it, literally, you know, moving your body, you know, you find that you feel better, um, just after, you know, like a short, you know, 30 to 40 minutes of doing something, um, it really can make a huge difference. And then, yeah, my, my personal heartbreaks, then I, I didn't go through and I, I didn't, um, I was, I was not open to being vulnerable and again, until I was like 30, um, you know, and so that heartbreak, when you were saying you felt like you were walking through yogurt, for me, it felt like everything was in color. It was like the Wizard of Oz or something. It was like the reverse of the Wizard of Oz. Everything was in color when I was with, you know, and then the breakup happened and everything looked black and white to me. Like there was nothing felt animated anymore. Everything I looked at was empty, you know. I mean, we endow people and experiences with, 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 you know, with that life force. And I think that I really needed to reconnect with my own. You know, your mother was doing all this macrobiotic cooking and, and this was his wish, right? Like he, he wanted this. And then he leaves her for a woman he became yoga, you know, pals with. And as a kid, you love your dad, but you're mad at your dad because what he did with to, to your mother, it can be so complicated for a kid because you still love a person even though they did something horrible, right? And yet you don't want your mother to be mad at you for love. I mean, it just must put you in this, yeah. Well, okay, so for me, uh, so I, I think the reason that I didn't hear it the first time, um, for me, I had a complicated relationship with my father. And so I, prior to my dad leaving my mother for his yoga buddy who was also the mother of one of my friends, oh, the stepmother of one of my friends married to his father. Prior to that, I already had a sort of like a competitive, contentious relationship with my father. I respected my father. I loved my father. But, and I also, we had a uh, difficult relationship he used to call me his mirror, you know? So when my father left my mother, it came, you know, it, that was definitely a shock uh, because I was 15. So, you know, like 
I'm 15. My parents have always been together. You know, that's a, it's like a strange time. And, and it's like, I did watch the deterioration of a relationship. That is my childhood um, because my parents did fight. And so the, the divorce itself or the, the thing that he did, that wasn't really necessarily what I was angry about. I wasn't trying to protect my mother um, from my feelings about my father at all. It was, you know, so what I did I, when I was young, I, um, I found acting as a child and, um, I became an actor. I actually, when my parents were divorced or when my father, when my father and this woman had these, this affair, um, I was in New York doing a play. So I had actually been lifted out of my family situation into like, my dream basically. So the, the difficulty for me was that I was living a dream come true at the same time as my entire foundation was falling apart. So it was like, I had nothing to come back to. That was my experience. I don't know how that applies to other people, you know, so that's my personal experience. Um, but as a, as a, teenager watching my mother go through her grief while I was living my dream. And also, you know, I was just a young woman just, you know, getting my first like crushes and things like that. And my mother was like devastated. And then she started dating. So that was an interesting transition as well. Um, which I also think by the way, is very common um, I have a friend right now who's going through that where she's dating and her, you know, 17 year old daughter is dating and they're sort of, you know, so it's, it's kind of this thing that I think does happen. Obviously, you know, divorce does still happen and it's pretty common. Um, and so that's, that circumstance I think comes up for women and their daughters often and sons as well, you know, obviously. Yeah. Like I mentioned, I love how open you are. And then you talk about, you have this 12 week program. And I love that you have emotional wellness in there. You've got the yoga postures, which is wonderful. You have a different theme for each week at the Be Happy Yoga. And you got the Saturday yoga, which has the weights, which I love, the free weights. But you also talk about uh, the main concepts in yogic tradition, the eight limbs of yoga and the chakra system. Now, I want people to get the book, but if you could just kind of touch on those a little bit and, and how important those are in, in yoga. Yeah. I mean, um, it's funny because these are things that, again, I, I tend to take for granted having grown up with the yoga, but, um, you know, the, the basics, I mean, I try to, I try to, um, Westernize it. Uh, you know, I don't use Sanskrit in my book. Um, but, but the principles that we're talking about basically are, um, like at the ethics of yoga, um, in terms of like, uh, relating to others. So our relationships, so like, you know, nonviolence, um, truthfulness, um, not stealing, um, abstinence and not hoarding. <laughs> um, and then like the, like the, the standards that of how we relate to ourselves, you know, um, those are cleanliness, contentment, um, spiritual sternness, like burning, burning karma, basically, which is essentially like, you know, when you feel really, um, this is what I, how I look at it. So, if I have something that comes up, like I'm I, like, um, I feel jealous, you know, um, I'm triggered and I feel jealous, which can happen for me. Obviously with that history, I'm going to have my, you know, like 
I'm going to have my radar up for like, what's, you know, what's coming in to take my thing. Um, I get to watch myself do that, sit with, feel, sit and feel, hold this, hold the energy. This is like something that I've gotten really good at in my life. And, and also, by the way, the way I've gotten good at it is from being really bad at it, <laughs> right? <laughs> feeling, feeling, what I've learned is that when I feel something and I get angry and, and if I throw it out at the person, I, um, it just backfires on me um, because it, it's like the opportunity is there in the moment when you're feeling a feeling. You have an opportunity to actually like hold it be with it, experience it. And if you hold space for it long enough, it actually dissolves. That is like, cause feelings, you know, feelings and emotions come up and they go. If I do nothing, if I take no action from that place, I create no further, um, I create no further experiences that I need to clean up. Doesn't mean the other person's right, but I don't need to act from that place of reactivity, right? And if I hold space for that, oh my gosh, it it goes away and I acknowledged it. It's not like I acted like it didn't happen. It's not like I went against my feelings, but that's being responsible for your own feelings. And then later on, if it's still like when I'm not hot anymore, if it comes up and if it's the right time and I'm not in my emotional wave, then I can bring it up if it's appropriate or not. You know, but it's like when you're in an emotion, it's never the right time to take an action from that place. Right. Oh, absolutely. So that that's what I mean when I say like burning karma. Right. And that's also studying yourself. Right. The 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 life experiences give us so many opportunities to look at ourselves and to understand ourselves better. When we react from those places, we don't get to learn as much. And so we lose the gift. Um, and um Anyway, so that that's those are really important things to me. Those are things I've learned from my difficulties and also um, having the yoga practice, giving me that sense of detachment and observation, which is really, I think, the purpose of, uh, of yoga. Um, then there's obviously the postures, which is what most people know. Um, and there's the, the there's the therapeutic breathing. Um, there are so many different techniques. Um, I, I, I share many of those in the book. Um, withdrawal of the senses, um, is really just, again, abstinence in a way, like not succumbing to the temptations. I actually part do, you know, like, I think that it's important for me. Pleasure is very important because of my history with eating disorders. You know what I'm saying? Like me, um, yeah, abstinence can become its own, um, uh, difficulty or its own, like, what can I, its own trap. Yes. I was thinking that. Yeah. I I was thinking that something, you know, it's, it's interesting because I have a bunch of food sensitivities. Then recently I'm like, I'm going to give up all sugar. And I'm like, you know what? I barely eat any anyway. And I eat it just in dark chocolate. Like, have I gone insane? Like, or even if I want, you know, I found this amazing vegan coconut cream pie that has stuff in it I can eat. And yeah, it's got some sugar in it. I was going to stop eating it. I'm like, I'm not going to stop eating that because I already have so many other things. When I think about food, I think about restriction and limits and rules. And I'm not going to put more on myself Yeah. unless I was like eating a chocolate cake every day. Then it'd be like, yeah, that's a problem. But I'm not. Do you know what I mean? But we can make things just too intense. 
I think that's a really good point. And um, back to the, you know, like the macrobiotics when we just were cutting foods out. When I, when I start, what I, I always knew this in, my, in like when I was reading the, the, the books, it's not just, just like how yoga is not just about the, the asana practice or the physical postures, right? Um, eating well or, or living at living a balanced life and ha- and is not just about, um, the diet. It's also our attitude, um, toward like our lifestyle. Um, for instance, um, a young activity is a party. Okay. And like I said earlier, yin is like, you know, like alcohol. So it makes sense to balance out that like party feeling. Having a little bit of alcohol is not a terrible thing or a little sugar, like a piece of cake, because it's like it brings the yin into this very boisterous, young experience. So it's it's actually the, the um, having like a little treat, like what you just described. I actually, in this book, I think I include that too. That you, you do include the treat. Yeah, I need a treat every day, whatever. It's not a lot, but if I... If I um, am super strict for a long period of time, I can be strict for like a month or a few weeks. You know, I, I, I do that sometimes, a little tune-up. But if I, if I go longer than that, I end up swinging the other direction, right? If I give myself a little treat every day, I'm not like feeling deprived. And so I'm not going to do like a binge or something, yes. right? Yeah, it's so important. It's so good that you know that about yourself too. Yeah, I think it works for most people, actually. I think whenever I see people do extreme um, cleanses or even this idea of detoxification, it's like our bodies are not toxic. You know, our bodies are really every day. Our bodies are regulating. They're 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 actually designed to detox. Yeah, exactly. Let's see. The other limbs are like meditate, you know, meditation. And then obviously like, you know, the ultimate, which is samadhi or absorption into the universe. I mean, that's the kind of thing that like, you know, the truth is I don't, those are, that's for gurus and masters, you know? Right. Um, Although I do believe we all get there, you know, in the end. Oh, that's cool. Oh, I I like that. I think so. I think that's what death is, you know? And, And I mean, I guess with that attitude toward death, even though obviously we, miss those that we love and have the normal fears about, about what that is. Uh, I do believe it must be the best day of our lives, you know, like on some level when you merge. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's, that's really beautiful. I mean, that's really poignant. I got to sit with that for a second because there's so much fear around it. Right. When my mother was dying, she was really bummed out that she wasn't a religious person. You know, she was raised Jewish, but atheist. Mm-hmm. And because um, yeah, my, my grandfather had been raised super Orthodox and his um, mm. sister was disowned by their mother, by marrying an Italian, never talked to her again, never saw the grandkids. And my, my, my grandpa was like, screw this. I'm not doing this. Anyway, long story short, I remember when she was dying and she was so jealous of people who were like, I'm going to Jesus or I'm doing this or I'm, you know, she's like, I just, I'm just so afraid. And I wish that she had had a conversation with you, you know, or, or was able to, you know, get a different perspective. Well, well, first of all, I just want to say there's a, there's a commonality because my, so my father, um, my father, like I told said earlier, he was the rebel son of an Orthodox Jew. And my father ended up after his second marriage with this non-Jewish woman, that that was the beginning of my grand, you know, my grandfather was very rigid. And, um, and, uh, 
so my father, when he married, he married an, a Chinese woman and my grandfather disowned him. And, oh, you know, so that, yeah, very, and, and my father really, you know, he really struggled with that for, you know, he really struggled with that during his life, even though he was super positive. Um, and in the end, you know, I think that's why he turned to Taoism and, um, you know, more, uh, you know, macrobiotics is like, it's, it's Japanese, you know, it's like he turned to other, other, other philosophies. Um, but in the end, he, ended up dying of a blood cancer of, of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Oh, sorry. Interesting to like watch him go through coming to terms with his own bloodline and his own, you know, genetics. And that even in his, like the process of watching his death, my father was a seeker until the end. And so he, you know, watching him, try to come to terms. I think what the last book that he was reading was, it was, I think it was called from fear to awe. And it was the story of Job. I mean, I think that he was just really trying to come to terms with his own bloodline. And anyway, uh, that that's a whole other story, but I did watch him unfold and he did like verbalize a lot of his own fear about facing his own father and as he was dying, you know? And so watch oh, wow. Old, and he even was, he would say like, it's a, he was saying it's a process of un, a process of unfolding. And he would say like, if people only knew how much love there is, like this is in his last month, he was really raw. And it was, it was all about like taking in the love of the universe. So, you know, I mean, I'm really grateful for my father and his process and like him, continuing to allow me in to his own unfolding because I, I feel <clears throat> I'm feeling really emotional sharing this. Um, I just, I feel very like lucky to have had that kind of a teacher in my father, you know, and yeah. So I feel like it was a gift, all of it. So his complexity and his difficulty, again, I, I really, um, I really bow to him letting me see so much of himself and then, uh, for being able to grow out of the compassion for my father, who is very difficult. You know, I have compassion for him and out of that compassion, I've been able to process, uh, a lot of my own views, you know, so that's where it comes to experience. That is so beautiful. I'm thinking about my mom and she kept saying, I'm not going to die. I says, and even though everyone's like, yeah, you're this, there's, you know, you got stage, you know, four ovarian cancer. You've done, had six surgeries, 27 chemos. You've done every natural alternative thing you can do. It's not working. And she just refused. She even had a bear that she named Olive, you know, Olive. Oh, and it, it kept refusing to get hospice until the last month of her life. And she was like, shit, I should have gotten hospice sooner. Like, this is really nice. Like, but 
she was so determined, right? And I think that's that's a whole other conversation. People are like, yeah. oh, you can will yourself. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, there's certain yeah, situations. I can't believe how many parallels there are. I, I, I kind of want to have a private conversation with you. Yeah, we definitely should. There are a lot of parallels because my father too, you know, he had his natural ways that he was doing things. And yeah. at a certain point, I actually was like, and he had young kids. He had a 10-year-old and a 12-year-old. So he was really trying to get as much life out of himself as possible to be there you know, to, you know, cause those years really matter. Right. And um, I was, you know, I was 36. It's like, I was ready to let go of him, but uh, they weren't. And he, um, he was also trying all the natural, you know, he was trying to really not go Western medicine. And I was like, dad, you know, it's not working, you know, at a certain point he was just, he had, he had edema, severe edema and it, he couldn't even move. He was so irritable, you know, and it, it was, it was really challenging. So, and even in his death, he too was trying to, cause he had developed all of these practices from, um, there's this whole Taoist esoteric practice, uh, uh, from this, this other yoke kind of yoga, which is basically, um, uh, it's, it's tantric yoga essentially, but it, it, but my father built, you know, like thought that he had, you know, built his, um, in, like his vessel and his immortal child and all of this stuff. And even on his deathbed, he was trying to like sit up. He was trying to will his own death too, basically. Oh, it, wow. It was like, it was really hard to watch him because he had a hard time letting go of the control, even on his deathbed. Yes. Gosh. And, yeah, uh, we'll definitely talk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I would look forward to that. You know, it, it's the thing I love about this show is it's very conversational. It's very real and raw. And I think that it's, you know, I had intended to be like, I have all these notes and I want to cover. But listen, we're not done yet, by the way. I'm just letting people know. I just love the flow. I love the realness of it. So tell us just a little bit about the chakras. Let's let's talk, let's focus on the heart because I know that this book is really about moving through heartbreak and emotional wellness and using the poses and using, I love the music, you have playlists. I mean, it's a really, really wonderful book. So tell us a little bit about the heart chakra and, and why is that important? Oh, yeah. I mean, the, so yeah, again, this book's focus is the heart. So yeah, that's a good one to, to focus on. Um, well, um, you know, the shock, basically for the, for the listener, I'm sure they already know this, but, but, uh, the chakras basically are, there are seven energy centers like that run up through your, throughout the core, the center of your body, like through your spine. And, um, and the heart chakra is the one that's, that's sort of the, um, the one right in the middle, you know, um, it's the fourth chakra and it's, it's basically the link from the lower part of yourself, which is based on survival in the physical body. Um, and just like the day to day things, which we all need because we need to be grounded. You know, we're not just looking to get into our spiritual self. We really need to be grounded and rooted on the earth. That's really way more important in the beginning to, to get a real strong foundation. And then you know, then there's the, a lot of us are in our heads and have ideas. And especially now we get very like, um, opened up to non-physical reality. The heart is the, the bridge, you know, between those two areas. And so that's why it's so important because it's the emotion and, you know, the emotion really is the, um, the bridge from the mind to the body. And, um, when we, you know, it's, it's, it's what everything comes through. So it's for me personally, I'm a, I'm both physical and cerebral and 
sometimes I don't know how I feel and I get disconnected from my heart, even though I obviously have, have a lot of heart, I do get disconnected from it. And, um, breathing is, um, a primary way of connecting with that. Um, so the element for the heart chakra is actually air. Um, the phrase or the mantra is I love. So even just saying I love or saying the word love, um, or in, uh, there, or there's a sound which is yum, yum, yum. So even making those sounds really just like connects us more in with our heart. I have my hand on my heart right now because like for me, because I'm physical as well and also very chatty. <laughs> um, yes, am I. <laughs> um, you know, if I keep my hand on my heart and I feel the vibration of my heart and as I'm speaking, it's like it just gets me way more connected. That's another way of a very simple way of um, of getting into that space. That's nice. Um, it's compassion. Um, it's vitality. Um yeah, so that's basically like it's the it's where everything it's really where everything meets, you know, and that's why it's so important to get there, you know, because it's where it's talk about balance, you know, that you know, I talked about it earlier, the principles of yang and yin. It's like the place of balance and the center point is always gonna be the strongest place. And I, I do feel like, you know, when you're like for instance, when you're in a like in a fight with someone and you just, it's like when you pull into that space and you like lean in from that space, everything, like you, you can, t- you can speak to each other easier, you know, everything feels better. You get more connected. It's, it's where we experience forgiveness and, you know, all of it, unconditional love. So that, so that's one of the, one of the chakras or chakras, as they say, you know, I say chakras cause it's softer. Yes, I do like that. I also love, and I alluded to this earlier, or not alluded, I talked about it a little bit earlier. You have different uh, yoga philosophy for inner strength daily routines. So Sunday, be happy yoga, Monday, back to basics, Tuesday, cardio movement, Wednesday's bounce back yoga, Thursday, day off. The way that I developed the the different um, activity or the different um, routines is basically I took, um, so I also, I I also um, am, I'm an astrologer and I use oh, astrology cool. in the planets. And so I use the, the planetary day. So each day actually is related to a different planet. And so, um, I related each, um, planet with, with the day. So Sunday is, gee, I wonder what planet rules Sunday. It's the sun. Right. <laughs> so I, the sun is a very positive, active, um, you know, energy. And, um, so I, I created the routine around sun salutations. I think there's probably a uh, uh, breath of joy in there, but it's, it's the be happy yoga. So that, that awakens the spine. It opens the heart. Um, it, it's, it's fun. You know, it's, it's all about joy. Um, and so car and also the cardio because it like activates the heart in that way. Cause Yoga is, is, is great, but I also use cardiovascular activities and cardio is a great way to get connected to your heart. I think that's actually one of the reasons why I love cardio so much. You know, it, it, it gets me connected to my breath. It get it gets me, it gets my heart rate up and I feel, I feel it, you know, oh, yeah. um, Monday is the moon day, right? So yeah. it's about, um, how, you know, how, what are my emotions? You know, how do I feel? And, um, 
So I, I, uh, it's a more nurturing routine. Yoga is so good for connecting with the emotions because the breathing is such a primary aspect of it. Um, and it's also, you know, like mountain pose is the mother of all poses, right? It also mountain and the moon energy is very much about mothering the self, nurturing the self, you know? And so that's, that's Monday. Tuesday is actually a Mars day. So it's, it's very active. Um, there's a lot of warrior poses in this day. I'm sure there's like a, a lot of cardio. Yeah. It's a, it's a big cardio day. Wednesday is a Mercury day. So there's a lot of there. there so I, I like to change it up. There's a it's called bounce back. And it's basically a, a, a routine that I developed when I was in India on a silent meditation retreat. And there was a, tramp, a little mini trampoline there. And so it was like, okay, like I need to move my body. So jump, 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 jump. Uh, jumping is also really good for the, um, uh, the lymphatic system. The rebounder is really good for that. So I would alternate between rebounder exercises and uh, yoga poses and then do a yoga practice. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. So it kind of just goes like that. And then I think the day off is probably the Venus day, which is the pleasure day. But I do have a yin practice on that day, I believe. Um, oh, yeah. Right. So anyway, yeah. it just goes on like that. And yes, the Saturday is like the, is it adds weights in. So it's a yoga practice that also incorporates weights. Because uh, obviously building strong bones and using resistance is important. We can't just, uh, yoga, by the way, does use our body weight. Oh, definitely. Know? So it does work, but, but um, adding weights, especially as I get older, I, I, I really do need that. Um, resistance work. There's a, there's a seven days, Monday through or Sunday through Saturday, um, different routines. And, and I wanted to just, I wanted to give people something to, you know, just like a way to mix it up every single day and in with the natural organic energy of the day. But of course you could use anything, you know, you could, you could read, you know, you could do whatever, um, routine you like. Um, but also each has a ma- each week has a mantra that we're, that we're focusing on a uh, specific breathing technique uh, that we focus on uh, a recipe offered by um, which like mostly is a treat recipe offered by a guest. So I I, I wanted to bring um, the the cert my circle in you know circle of and other like it's we're a tribe right we're we're yes. a tribe and we all have our own personal experiences so i wanted to have other people share their experiences um there's also yes a different like a, a different track you know because i love music music is so um expressive of emotions and also helps us to access our emotions oh yeah you know what i mean sometimes we sometimes we can't access how we feel but if we put on a song you know it just it opens that door for us. I find that for myself. Oh, I do. And my daughter, who's 17, oh my gosh, every day after school, she puts on different music and she gets super into it. And it's funny because lately she's been listening to Back in Black, which I love by ACDC. And that's on your Saturday playlist. Ah, cool. Yeah. I love, yeah, I have, I I love, uh, I love that. I love that, that, uh, the generations just bring back, you know, own childhood. Yeah. Isn't that great? 
Yeah, yeah. yeah it's really fun. Uh, we listen to on Sirius, we'll listen to 70s on 7. And then for some reason, we've been really into first wave, which is funny because I was, you know, I was a teen in the 80s and I was not into new wave. And now we listen to it every day on the way to school. And I'm like, oh, I like New Order. Oh, I like Echo and the Bunnymen. Oh, I didn't know I liked Depeche Mode or, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. And it's just fun to be like, she's in high school now, but I'm listening to the music that was popular when I was in high school that I didn't like. And now yeah, it's just, it's fun. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that. Um, yeah, yeah. Music is great. Well, Mandy, was there anything you wanted to add today? And I do hope you'll come back because there's still a lot more to talk about. I know. We kind of just skimmed the surface here. I mean, obviously, I'm supposed to, like, promote myself here. So what I will I'll say, um, you know, you can find me on Instagram. Um, It's Mandy Ingber. Um, My Twitter is at Ms. Mandy Ingber. My Facebook is Mandy Ingber's Yogalosophy. Um. Uh, on my Instagram link tree, you can find, you can, you know, reach out to me for consultations for astrological consultations. Um, you can find my DVD download or my, it's not a DVD anymore. It's a digital download. Um, you can find my books there. This one is yoga philosophy for inner strength, which, uh, I really recommend for now because we're all, you know, experiencing collectively so much, transition and um you know it's really important to connect in with the self um first and then there are things that we can do of course but really the things that we can do are i mean the best possible thing you can do for anyone is to take care of yourself first and then of course something that is very beneficial is reaching out and helping others um, reaching out to your own circle of people and um, connecting. Um, and um, as I said earlier, this place that we can all explore with not denying how we feel, you know, really owning it, really accepting it, sitting with it and experiencing it is, is, is a, a way, it's, there's a, a way that we can transform Um, our own reaction and responses to what we see outside of ourselves. And to remember that all of this, you know, although, yes, we all feel a lot of grief, there's so much in the world that is out of our control, you know, and and also so much that is just a part of the natural cycle of life. Death and grief and all of that destruction even is all a part of being a human being on the planet. And there's no way around it for anyone. And, you know, ultimately, we are all on, we are all the same in that way. Everybody lives, every, everybody's born, everybody dies. Nobody gets all of those things, you know. So to find the gift, you know, to, 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 to find the gift within that, which is, you know, it's a hard road. It's not easy for anyone. But at the same time to, to see it as something that is for us rather than, you know, something that's happening to us. Um, oftentimes when I'm looking outside of myself and going, Oh my, all these things that are happening in the world, you know, it's something in myself that needs, I need something, you know, it's not really even out in the world. It's like, it's something inside myself. Or if I'm looking at war outside of myself, where inside of myself am I battling? When, where am I fighting a war with myself? You know, that's where I have some power. You know, 
I can't do anything about what's going on out there. I really can't. But inside, I have a whole world that, that I get to explore and come to terms with, you know, basically. So I guess that's it, you know. Um, I'm going to read more of my book today because when I opened it up, I was like, oh, I need this today. <laughs> Maybe we can also write more. We we can also write letters to ourselves and more. Um, you know, because yeah. I'm looking at this book. I need to hear this. So maybe I wonder if there's if everybody not has a book in them, but some wisdom for themselves. You know that they yes. I love that. I really do hope you'll come back. It's it's been lovely. Yeah, I love having these conversations. I I honestly don't know how they help others, but I I certainly get a lot out of them. They do. They really do. Well, that's it for our show today. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you. And we would appreciate it if you could please rate and review and leave a comment because the more you engage with our podcast, the more you will find it and help other people find it wherever they listen to their podcast. So be sure to follow us. I'm at Andrea Donsky and at Naturally Savvy and Lisa at Lisa Davis MPH. Thank you so much. And please share this episode because the more you share shows you care. We'll see you next time.